This is the New Glarus Brewing Podcast. Welcome back to it. Uh, I am Scott May. Dan Carey is off doing Dan Carey things today, but I am excited because I am sitting across the table from my lovely wife again. And for those of you who have listened to all of the podcasts, you will know my wife is Catherine uh, Catherine May, and she is a state licensed architect. She is a construction manager, and she oversees a lot of the building expansions and general expansions and construction that we have going on here at New Glarus, as we are sort of been in a mode of constant expansion over the last few years. How are you doing this uh, December morning there, Kate? I'm doing good. I'm getting ready to uh, wrap up our most recent construction project in the next week or so. So that's pretty exciting. I'm, I'm very excited for this. And when, you know, when you talk about construction projects and brewery expansions, everyone wants to talk about brew halls and ferment tanks and that stuff, but I am a fan of the warehouses. I love warehouses for some reason, and I love the ones that we have been putting up here. And we had to build what 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 number warehouse would this be now uh, out back there? Oh man, I'm not sure. We've got to be getting close to the double digits between all our different facilities. And this one is exciting to me because. It had one specific purpose, and and what was that? This is for our can storage. So uh, for our cans, the when we first built Hilltop, um, I should say we. I should clarify that was uh, you know my parents. I was actually still in college getting my architectural degree. So uh, the colloquial we when we built Hilltop back in two thousand. Yeah, the royal we. Yeah, it. Um, it uh, cans were not on our radar at all, and they've become a pretty interesting and exciting expansion for us. The can line came later, and the popularity that it has gained has been really exciting. So, what happens is, for our original facility, when we use glass bottles, which we still use, still do, um, the glass has a label that's attached to it and you know the label is just a paper that just gets glued on there and the the glass bottle can be used for any number of our beers for the cans the cans come with the design uh you know pre pre on them and the facilities that make these like to run them kind of in large uh volume at once and then they send them to you and you have to hold on to them until you're ready for them and if you're making many different beers in cans which we are um then that takes up even more space and the cans are stacked a lot higher than uh the bottle shipments and so that becomes a consideration too so we had been renting space to hold all these cans they were off site you know you have to send people and man hours women hours to go get them so uh being able to have it all back in our facility on site is really exciting yeah and it and it's funny we get into these discussions and when i'm talking to to dan in here i often come around to this idea where it's like uh you know what happens when the dog catches the car right like what do you do then and i think you know you know people when they're starting businesses expansion always you know you want expansion to follow you want your business to grow but it does come with its own host of headaches, right? Like, what do you do when you you put in a can line, and then all of a sudden your can your can side of the business grows to the point where you're now looking at your warehouse, and it sort of looks like the the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where it's just boxes of cans going back as far as the eye can see. So while like you know construction warehouse or warehouse projects don't seem that exciting, this one I think was really exciting, and it, it went through its own sort of unique unique process and it had its own sort of unique challenges and things like that. 
but now at the at the end of it, when it's all coming down, you're coming to, to move in. How how are you feeling about that that space as, as from like a design perspective and a construction perspective? Uh, it was the I think that it has taken the number one runner for most um, complicated uh, construction, which is very funny to say because I have uh, built um, cellars with 40 foot tall tanks that are, you know, hanging off basically a, you know, plateau on the hill. I've helped them build wastewater facilities, um, that are a 50 foot wide tank, you know, dug into the ground. Um, uh, but this, this warehouse ended up being, a um, uh, an interesting problem. So, the warehouse is about 32,000 square feet. It is taking up the almost the very last square footage of space that we have at our uh, hilltop facility. It needed to have uh, two docks because, again, the cans come in a higher stacked height. So you need to have, you know, docks and dock doors that can receive it. Um, it needed to have a firewall along one side, which the whole wall where it attaches is about a hundred feet long. <clears throat> so a very large wall. Um, and it has two nut huts. Uh, we call them nut huts. They're like warming, uh, bottle fermentation, uh, rooms inside of them. And, um, then also it being our first project, um, you know, we'd taken a little bit of a break during the COVID times. So this was our first large construction project, you know, getting our feet back underneath us and working with, uh, with what is becoming more common, um, material, uh, you know, shortages and, uh, contractors, um, getting scheduled and things along those lines. So the planning for this project took uh, about a year and we're just finishing up construction now and it took about six months. So it kind of gives you an idea of, um, even for a basic square, you know, warehouse, how much work and planning goes into it. And that's the thing that always just keeps getting hammered home in my head is like, you know, it's, it just seems like whenever you want, like you have the idea to do something, it's always just going to take so, so much more effort than you, 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 you kind of think it will. But now that this thing is getting built and you guys or is built and you guys are going to be having occupancy here in the next couple of uh, weeks, if not, not days here, what does that mean for, for New Glarus and their, and their, and their can business? How does, how does, how does this warehouse, you know, positively affect your guys' ability to move efficiently in that space? Well, for us, we always respond to what it is that our customers need and our customer, uh, our customers have been requesting cans. They've been buying our product in cans. And so, you know, we're here to, um, you know, please them and, uh, make, make Wisconsin happy. So, uh, how it is now are the products themselves won't necessarily be changing, but our efficiency in-house uh, will be heightened because, again, we had been renting space, you know, off of site and having to go grab it and bring it back. You know, now it's just going to be in our our back closet, much like, you know, having everything you need in your in your pantry kitchen, allowing you to be more efficient, giving you more time to uh, work on more creative aspects. So we're excited about that. No, that, that all makes a lot of sense. And I'm always, you know, one of my favorite things is when I come in here and I see, I, I, I see you sort of walking around a job site in your, in your high vis vest and your, and your, and your hard hat plotting out that, that, that spot of land and, and taking on 
and when you're taking on the and putting on your construction manager hat, how do you find that experience? And how was that experience uh, with this uh, with this warehouse expansion? Uh, well, it's a u- unique question for me because I um, am a five foot three woman. Um, and I am also, you know, quote the boss's daughter, you know, Dan and Deb's daughter. So there are some assumptions that can go along with that when I'm on a construction site. Um, I have to say generally, I enjoy the construction process. I've worked in traditional firms where it's more of a traditional architect of doing the planning and the drafting and, um, you know, maybe popping into the site to make sure that your drawings are being followed, but you pass it off to a construction manager that would, you know, take things from there. And I, um, although it can be hard to change hats from design to having, you know, your muddy boots on the ground, I really enjoy it. I like being able to understand how a building goes together and have that deep understanding of small little details sequencing. Um, I like understanding how a concrete um, contractor might be viewing it as opposed to my steel erecting team and kind of how that impacts uh, the design and the sequencing for it. So generally, I really like it. You know, even when um, this summer we've we've gone from extreme high temperature heats to now, you know, freezing temperatures and, you know, snowing and raining and tornado came by one day. So, um, there's a lot of different, uh, aspects of the job that you have to deal with, but, um, I really, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy being able to show up to work with, um, work boots on and, you know, a shovel as opposed to always having to sit in front of a computer. Um, but we work with a lot of really great contractors for the most part. They, uh, they know me. We've worked with them before. Um, they have a rapport, uh, we have a rapport and an understanding with each other and they, uh, know the standards that we have set and, um, kind of what we expect and they know I'm looking out for them and that we're all just trying to make the best product. So overall it's, uh, been very successful. One of, uh, yeah, no. And, and, and I, I really like that answer and it, it sparked something in my head and I was just thinking about it as, as you were, you were talking in, in that first part of it is one of my favorite things was, um, you know, a couple of times, uh, our, our son had to, you know, go to a doctor's appointment here in Belleville, would you be out of school or whatever, you, you know, he's not quite five yet, but, uh, his favorite thing was when, if we had to go like do a checkup to come to your job site and his eyes would just light up when he would see you, uh, you know, in your vest, going up to the concrete trucks. And it just, in, in my mind, it just sparked that thing when you're talking about, you know, how construction sites ha- have typically been and just seeing, you know, him be so normalized, like, no, my mom runs this construction site. You know what I mean? It was just a super special thing for me to see and, and to, to see that, uh, that his excitement for your job. Yeah, it is a really interesting um, day to, day in, day out. And uh, Teddy, our son, yeah, his doctor uh, is about 10 minutes away from the brewery. So sometimes he comes down and sees me and his handprint um, is in the foundation walls in a couple of different uh, spots when they were pouring concrete and using pump trucks and stuff like that. And I would give him um, 
a call while he was on his way to school in the morning because I get to the job site early. Um, so he would FaceTime me and could see the steel going up and things like that. So he, he, uh, yeah, was really excited when I gave him his first like tape measure and wants to go to the tool store with me and things along those lines. So it's been a great gift to be here. Yeah. You might, uh, you, in, a, in a few more years, you might have him walking around with a, a bucket getting the, the first job everyone gets on a construction site of and pick up some rocks. <laughs> Uh, he has already told me that, um, he's decided that he wants to run his own construction site and that I'm supposed to come work for him. Um, but he's told me that he does not want to go to a, his words, boring school like I did. And so he wants to go to a trade school to, uh, learn how to use tools. And then I'm going to come help him on his site. That's he's, he's, he's four and a half years old. He's got it all figured out. He's got, he's got the plan. He's going to. He, he, he is going to start his own firm and you're going to, and you're going to go work for him someday. Yep. That's exciting news. I, I'm looking forward to that. I am, I'm super glad he didn't want to rope me into that because I would be less than useless. <laughs> but you'd mentioned something else that's, that's very interesting. Your capacity for expansion on that, uh, on the hill, like you said, you're, you're sort of coming into your footprint there, right? Like, I'm looking at where that warehouse is and I'm looking at where the highway is and where the forest is and, what does the future look like for, for expansion? Cause when you put yourself on a hill, especially a hilltop, you know, at its conception was like, there's no way we're going to outgrow this. And then, you know, 10 or 17, 20 years later, you're looking at it and go, Holy crap, we're out, we're outgrowing this. So what, what, what's in the hopper and what's the future sort of looking like as far as expansion at New Glarus goes, if you guys need it. Well, again, we're always responding to what it is that, um, you know, Wisconsin wants and Wisconsin requests. So um, it can, can, you know, change gears as we go down the line. But I can say for now, things that I uh, have seen on the horizon, uh, a brew hall um, expansion, which I believe is going to get tied into a hospitality edition. Um, so what's happening is we are landlocked up on our hilltop. It's been kind of, um, an interesting process for us. I think that we never really expected things to grow as much as they have. So for example, here at Riverside, we're called Riverside cause we're right against the sugar river. And when they bought the, um, you know, which was basically a a small little like 1960s warehouse. I think they never thought that they would expand beyond that. And then, you know, they did a few additions and then they got landlocked. You know, you can only build so close to the river on one side and there's a giant plateau and a, a road behind us. And so they got landlocked and had to move. And so then they bought this land, which is on top of this hill and you know, same thing. This is not too terribly long ago, 2007 when they finished it. And, uh, for example, one of the things we'll talk about is parking, you know, the, the parking up there, just the visitor area has uh, somewhere close to maybe 80 ish parking stalls. And down here at Riverside, we had, I don't know, like 15 or 20. So at the time, again, thinking there's absolutely no way that we're going to need anything, uh, beyond this. And so, you know, since then we've had multiple sellers and warehouse and wastewater and, um, you know, business and hospitality additions and et cetera. Um, and we are now we've completely used up this space on top of the hill. And so, um, 
we're, we're faced with that, you know, question again of, oh, geez, I just, you know, how would you have expected this so long ago? It's very uncomfortable to be constantly under um, construction, but it, it seems to just always kind of be required. So where we are now is there's not a lot of uh, physical footprint for uh, growth. And more importantly, again, why would you expect, why would you expect this? But um, we are just having the worst time with parking. So we still have about that 80, uh, 80, you know, stall space. And we get, uh, you know, during the summertime pre-COVID when we were up on the weekends and everything, you know, you're getting thousands and thousands of visitors at a time. And so we were having um, a full-time staff that would have to come and help with parking. And we would have kind of fairground parking on the bottom of the hill and people would have to walk up. Um, and so which, which can get difficult if you buy a couple of cases of beer. Yeah. And then carrying it down. So, and then you need, you know, the, the staff to sit there and make sure that people are being safe and do you know, do you know where to go and all those things. And so, um, we're, we're faced with that, uh, issue now. So interesting enough, again, that parking is really driving this because we are on top of this hill. And so then do you have the primo parking where you say, okay, you allotted few, you get to park up here and the rest of you have to keep on walking up and down the hill? Well, no, that's not great. So um, we also knew that we would need a brew hall expansion, you know, somewhere coming up uh, down the line. We have a, um, Dan and Deb have a distillery that is here at Riverside that we would absolutely love to allow to be, you know, more in the public view for people to see and experience. Uh, Dan also recently bought a 10 hectoliter, 10 hectoliter, um, uh, little, I call it like an heirloom brew hall. It's, it's basically like our copper kettles that we have now just like shrunk down to the most beautiful artistic little space with a, you know, a, a fire kettle that runs on wood underneath it. And oh my God. That sounds absolutely gorgeous. It has this little wrought iron stairwell that goes up it. It's, you know, it's not super big though. It's, uh, probably like 15 feet wide or oh, so. Okay. So it, it wouldn't be like, cause in my head also, and I was picturing like, uh, the pilot brew thing, yeah. like something like that, but it's a little bit bigger than that. Yeah. It's somewhere between the kind of the pilot brew and the, our copper kettles. So, you know, all these things need a home and we want to be able to, you know, host more people here. And then beyond that, we also are, uh, our business side is also, you know, expanding. We, we're growing, um, employee owned facility, more employees, you know, people need offices, storage, et cetera. So we're kind of faced with all these things. So, um, what we are looking at now is a, a rather large, I'm calling it a hospitality edition, but it has a lot that goes into it. And the, concept that we're working towards now is that it kind of builds into the side of the hill and reaches an arm up and connects to our existing hilltop facility. And then that would open it up for us to get down to the bottom of the hill where we have much larger flat uh, surface for um, pretty large, you know, parking facility and a pretty exciting uh, space for people to come and visit. Two things. First of all, I love the fact that the problem of parking results in a, in a sweeping sort of hospitality project because it's like, it, to me, it's just, it, it, it's how the world works, right? You, you start off with like what we have problem A, we're running out of parking. What do we do about that? And then 
the little problems start sort of piling up of like, well, we're starting to hit capacity at Hilltop. I don't think we were ever going to do that. Oh, well, we're starting to need more hospitality. I didn't think we were going to need that. And it just blossoms into something that sounds like if it all can can get worked out and it all can come together, it would be pretty cool. And all because, you know, people would get angry. We couldn't allow their buses up here on the Hilltop because it's dangerous. Well, uh, yeah, it is interesting. I think that... Um the thing that I'm excited about for this uh, project is that it is a combination of all of these different little parts coming together. So normally when we build things, you know, we are a pr- production of f- facility. Why do we, why do we have an architect daughter and construction manager who, you know, is here the majority of the time, you know, once or twice a year having a construction project, you know, that's, that's uncomfortable and that's unusual. And that's because, Usually we try to um, be conservative in what it is that we need. So, okay, we need a seller, build a seller. You know, we need a, we need another office, remodel the office space. And I think now we're getting to a point where we're taking a step back and we're thinking, okay, where is it that we want to be as, a, as opposed to necessarily having this reactive, you know, push for everything. And yeah. there is the need for it. That's, you know, why we're doing it. It's not just that we decided we wanted to do this one day, you know, there is a need for it, but as opposed to just trying to answer that, we're taking a step back and saying, what is it that we want New Glarus to be for the employees, for visitors and uh, for our product and for our experience. And it's allowing us to kind of take a step back, but it is, going to be a pretty big and exciting um, project. In my mind, it feels similar, I think, to a lot of what it was that pushed the family to build, um, you know, Hilltop to uh, begin with. So it's, it's, it's a large kind of complex project. So in terms of um, program, you know, again, that oddity of needing parking to be a big part of it. um, And, then you'll be able to walk into a large gift shop um, facility that'll have our uh, beer sales and a lot of our, you know, beautiful, unique gift shop like products. Um, You need a what we call stock room off of that that would have ability to get shipping and receiving into that. And then starting this process of moving people up the hill so that they get connected back to our home, our hilltop home. So making little experiences um, along the way to encourage people to, you know, move up. We had looked at the very beginning of this process of, is this just a completely new facility that we, you know, build down at the bottom of the hill or at Riverside or, you know, someplace completely different and no it was very important to us to maintain a connection to uh the hilltop facility so um yeah it's gonna be pretty exciting we have a you know a new tasting room expansion a beer garden off of that we'll find a home for dan's uh heirloom brew hall um we've been discussing if we can get the distillery in this as well yeah that's an interesting that's an interesting question yeah um there's uh you know, a space for 
the tale of spotted cow to be played kind of like a little theater we have a small version of that right now in hilltop we've gotten lots of good feedback that people like to sit and um you know watch that understand our story an area that talks about um you know the history of our facility um and being able to see the process there's kind of a small little cellar space that goes along with dan's um you know heirloom brew hall and then beyond that um uh, the business side of it too, you know, the, the brewers need new offices, um, you know, a lunchroom along with that. Our business team needs new offices. They need file storage. Uh, so there's a lot of little things that end up going into it. So it's, um, and having it fit within the aesthetic of the language that we've set up here at the brewery is important to us. So, uh, Dan and Dan and, uh, Deb and I, had started looking at this almost like a year and a half ago and I think just now we're starting to understand what the shape just the the mass of it will look at and where things are sitting so it's been a big beast to kind of wrap our mind around yeah and as you were talking about that it, it, it highlighted a question that I, I had in my mind right and you had a very interesting word that I think is apropos to sort of all the construction projects and how they've uh, how they've had to come to be and it's sort of Reactive, And there's no problem being reactive, right? Like you have a need, you react to it, you fix it. But you run into things like, okay, we're now doing a warehouse, you know, we're now being, our hand is sort of forced on what we have to do now, right? This project seems different. And from an architect's perspective, taking that reactive piece away, and like you're saying, it is still, it's reacting to a need, right? But it's not reacting to like an immediate urgency. So being able to take a step back and have that 10,000 you know, foot view of the project and being able to really like get all your Lego pieces and say, we can make this whatever we want. That has to feel pretty good, you know, being able to really dive into what the space is going to be and what you guys actually really want it to be instead of just like, we need to do this now, you know? Well, in all honesty, for me, I think it's a double-edged sword um, as a, you know, a, a family member and a brewer and, you know, part of the ESOP. It's um, it's exciting, but also makes me um, makes me a little bit scared, to be honest. You know, it's uh, it's a gift to be able to stand back and take a look at this. We're very lucky to be in this situation where we can say we have this good need. Um, you know, we need, we need more as opposed to saying we need less, you know, is always really exciting to say people want to come visit us. We need to be able to brew beer. We need to be able to, you know, have more space for our employees. Those are all gifts to have. And it's very exciting to be able to sit down and, make a master plan and shape, you know, a pretty significant, um, portion of our facility. But at the same time, um, for me, it's kind of scary, you know, as, a as a member of the family and understanding, you know, the history of where everything comes, we're standing right now, we're recording in Riverside and, uh, right below us was where I, you know, started counting out change and the 
register and, you know, doing basic math. And it was, you know, my parents and I'd come help run the register after school or on the weekends. And, you know, we maybe had one or two employees. So to be at that point now to be, you know, looking at this, um, you know, large question is, um, it's a gift, but it's also kind of scary. And we looked at a lot of different things. We looked at, can we expand, um, you know, down at Riverside, um, do, do we want to build, you know, on the bottom of the hill and, um, what do we want this to look at? And so it's the things that are exciting to me now is that we've, um, set up these standards, these things that I think will help drive the project and what it looks like as it moves forward. The biggest thing which kind of came about is that we want to have a strong connection to the hilltop facility. Um, so that's very exciting. It allows us again to fold in some of these other projects like the planned brew hall expansion. Um, the other part of it is that I, I think we understand the story that we want to tell. You know, we are a world-class brewery. Uh, we are a beautiful brewery. People come, you know, from all over the world to come visit us. And so having that kind of heirloom quality that reads like Nuclearis, that reads like Wisconsin, um, is very exciting. And I think having those two pieces, uh, will be a, a large driver for the project. And then the last thing is it's been really great to have so many visitors over the years and understand what is interesting and exciting to them and how can we expand and tailor the space to that. Um, for example, like I mentioned the theater space before, um, you know, having spaces like that and spaces that tell the history and being able to, you know, walk amongst the, you know, the cellar tanks and, um, having that authentic, authentic experience of being able to walk outside and see our beautiful beer garden space. Um, those are the things that I think, uh, we're going to celebrate as we move forward with this project. And they're all the result of us being able to stand back and say, you know, what do our visitors need? What do we want? What do we want this to look like? Well, that is all, that is all terribly, terribly exciting. And I'm just, my mind is just spinning at the sort of the possibilities that, that get involved there. Um, but as we, you know, as we started talking at, at, at the top of this thing, you are coming now to the end of a very involved, uh, a very involved warehouse project, which is going to allow for, you know, essentially to move our cans in and out of our facility at a much more efficient pace as, as our customers have basically told us, like they, they love having beer in cans. And I just saw the, um, uh, the next few months schedule got released and uh kid Kolsch is coming in cans and dancing man is coming in cans. And oh, this is, this is all very exciting time. But coming to the end of that and coming to occupancy here at, at the end of the week or so, are you going to have a little time to relax before you're straight into planning mode again? Or or is it just straight back into it? Well, um, I think no. I think the usual flow of work is that, again, we've done, you know, one to two projects a year. And as I talked about before, the planning process for it, 
you know, often takes longer than the construction themselves. So there often is kind of an overlap. And um, so we'll be, when one project ends, you'll either have already started or be just getting ready to kind of start planning for your next project. So uh, Deb has told us, I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, when is this going to get done? So um, uh, I don't think we a hundred percent know when it's going to get done. Deb has said that she would, you know, like it up and running as soon as possible. So we're going to be pushing to try to get this done. You know, maybe we'll be breaking ground in 2024, but it could just as easily be uh, 2025. And the project is, has a very tricky site, lots of program, pretty expansive. So um, I also think it's going to, you know, take a year or more for the complete construction of it. So, um, uh, it's on the horizon, but we have already started, um, the planning stages, uh, for it and the drafting. So that'll be the next thing to start pushing forward. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm amongst those people. Cause I, I, I tend to sort of flit about and, and not pick up much detail of like, uh, the planning side thing. So when I hear you talk about this stuff, I start getting excited. Like this uh, uh, from like a consumer perspective, like, oh yeah, this sounds very, very exciting to me. And as we're, sort of wrapping up here, getting, getting, uh, through sort of our, what, you know, the construction over the summer was and what we're looking to into into the future. And we're talking a little bit about relaxing. I do like asking team members, uh, sort of this at the end. And I'd probably ask you the same thing at the end of your last interview, but we've had, you know, 30th anniversary come out. The Pilsner came out, which was just went sort of gangbusters, new Glarus IPA came out all, all these new beers plus returning, um, Uftabach and Edel pills. And it was just a ridiculously stacked back end of the year for us here at new Glarus. What are you getting in your cup these days? What are you sitting down with the slice of pizza with and really just enjoying right now? Well, I have to say, I do think I answered this previously. I probably said uh, to women, because I think that's just the God, easiest, fantastic like, beer. most approachable beer. But if I can spin it uh, just for another little tidbit of exciting, uh, I'd like to maybe answer a question that was more like, what is one of my favorite memories here down at the brewery? So I, I dig that. Um, I want to say now that we're, you and I are here at Riverside, um, my parents were always, you know, working a lot. It takes a lot of energy to get a business up and running, especially manufacturing facility. And so to spend time with my parents, I would come down here when, I don't know, I was maybe about seven or eight years old and I would ride the hand uh, fork lift um, around like a skateboard. So it has the two little, you know, forks that come out that go into the pallet and then you can hand uh, jacket to go up and down. And so I would ride that skateboard, uh, like a skateboard around. And the trick was, is that you had to have a friend with you because, um, if you only stood on one side and not the other, and then you went around a corner, then it, w- it would start to lean. <laughs> um, and the reason that I bring this up is because it's on my docket to bring Teddy down to the hilltop warehouse. Cause he is, uh, learning how to ride his bike and he has little training wheels on them and um, he has been riding it in circles around our house and marking up our floor and uh, seems to be getting frustrated with the fact that he keeps on having to stop to avoid the couch and all that sort of stuff. And so everyone's I, ready to sort of fall over. Yeah, so I've <laughs> promised him that I will take him to Oma and uh, Papa's Brewery so that he can ride his bike so the um, the journey continues. That is so sweet. I, I really, really enjoy that. That's a great answer to that question. Um, I probably would have just said a, 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 a beer. 
because that's how my, that's how my mind works. But this is why uh, I, I this is why I love you so much because you always come up with the the sweetest possible answer. And uh, I know you're busy, and I know you've had a, a hugely busy summer. So I don't want to take up any more of your time when you can be planning uh, a, planning what seems to be a wildly exciting uh, couple of years here at New Glarus. So. Kate, thank you for stopping by and giving uh, me your time today. Yeah, no trouble. Always a pleasure. And uh, once we get our feet underneath us, we'll uh, come back and tell everybody more. Sounds perfect. I, uh, I am here for it. <laughs>